Alex just looked at me from across the room and I was like, Because I know the name of her Pokemon. It's not Leaf up. Kitty. <laughs> so I looked at the parent and the parent's like, what's Leaf Kitty? I'm like, it's, it's a leaf, but not a leaf. Hey, retro lovers. Welcome to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast, where we talk all about pop culture, retro toy collecting, and nostalgia. And now, here are your hosts, Alex and Brandon. Hey, also, I'm Alex. And I'm Jocelyn. And this is Nostalgia Junkies. So I, I have to admit, we actually already recorded this podcast, but we had a huge <laughs> issue in recording where, if you notice, we're in the new basement, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but this is the first time that we are recording in the new basement. Well, technically, second time. And we had some technical issues. I think we had two issues when we recorded last time. Um, the first one was a technical issue. Sound kept cutting out. And then the second one was, I got tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's just funny, like, as we were recording, all of a sudden, the audio just started speeding up. And our pitches didn't get higher. It didn't sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks, but it just sounded like an auctioneer trying to do the podcast. So the pitches sped up, or like the sound sped up, but I slowed down exceptionally. Yeah, well, that, and we had like a cellophane crinkle coming in from somewhere. Yeah. But we're here, and Nostalgia Junkies is back. And, you know, we had an interesting discussion with your family earlier the other day. Yeah, that was and a fun it, one. It really became a debate at family lunch. As one does. Everything becomes a debate at family lunch. So Jocelyn wanted to know if I went back to work this week or next week, and I said, well, I go back next Monday. And she had interpreted that as the next coming Monday. Which but, at that point was January 2nd. But for me, the coming Monday is this coming Monday. And next Monday would be the Monday that follows after that, or the next one. And I, I will just say before Jocelyn gives her argument, I, I had debated this perfectly at lunch. And then the first time we recorded this, I put my foot in my mouth and my argument completely aligned with what Jocelyn he said. He just agreed with me. It was perfect. I said, I have no closing. Done. Yeah, I, I, I shot myself in the foot before we even could get going. It was great. But no, I, I, I firmly been a believer that the next Monday is the Monday after next. I operate in a calendar week. So next Monday to me means the next coming Monday, not... I don't know, the one after that, because this week's Monday has already passed. So I'm not including that Monday. I don't know. It's not like a rolling calendar. It's a week by week calendar. In you my you head. just say what you feel and what you mean. Kind of right. Like it, it's so. it's this week and yeah. it'll be this week until it's Saturday. That's what I and mean. Then like Sunday kickstarts the next week. Exactly. The calendar week. I operate mm -hmm. calendar week by week by week. I don't operate on a rolling calendar. Calendar. We're like, yeah, for me, it's, it's more of a rolling thing that it, this week is from whatever the day that this is to the next one. So currently, this is a Monday night that we are recording on. No. Oh, shoot. No, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's a Tuesday. I do not Get know my days right now. Get this man off of vacation. I have been on vacation for like the last week and a half being a teacher, and it has been phenomenal, <laughs> except I have only seen this basement because we've been working on the basement, and I have no semblance of time. I, I have had not know what day it was for the past week. Yeah, it's give been this a man little some scary because he needs it. I mean, luckily, I, I guess, I, fortunately for scheduling purposes, I go back to work tomorrow. But it's also I don't want to go back to work tomorrow. Give me another two weeks of vacation. <laughs> you wish that's your summer. You have no idea what day it is during the summer. I have no idea what day it is in summer, but I will say, like, there's a, a thought that educators don't do a lot of work in the summer. No, you guys. We do. are busting our butts in the summer. We are planning. 
all of our courses. We were planning what we're going to be doing. We we're going to trainings. We're going to meetings. We're writing curriculum. Stocking up on fun stuff for the classroom. Yeah, we're you know we're buying all the supplies out of pocket for our students, only to be turned like told out like later that summer or the week before we go back or the day before we go back that our placement has switched and we're now teaching a different class. Yep, that's always a fun thing. So we do all this planning only to be have the, like you know the rug ripped out from under us. You know what? At the end of the day, you guys show up and you're there for your kids, and they um, they appreciate it more more than you could understand. Oh yeah, and, well that's that's the thing about working with middle schoolers. Like they they definitely appreciate it. They will just never admit it. Never say that you have any affection or appreciation for anyone ever. Is that from something? Or you no, just, I'm okay. just making a funny voice. <laughs> Sweetie, you don't need to try to make a funny voice. Oh, thanks. That's really well, nice. So, Welcome let, to almost three years of marriage, folks. Exactly. We're going on over two and a half right now. We'll close in on that third. But let's. Uh, last time Jocelyn was on the podcast, we we talked about the new Scarlet and Violet video game coming out, which at this point have now been out for about two months. And I know I I beat it in the first weekend, and you're almost done with it. You uh, yeah you beat it really fast. Um, you spent a lot of time on that. Yeah, it was it was my it goal. It was great. But I will say that I have enjoyed this Pokemon game more than I have any others. And I actually helped teach somebody how to play Pokemon on yes. this game the other day, we which had, was uh, super cool. We had some friends over and with their kids. And their kid just hasn't really been getting into the Pokemon. I mean, they, they, you know, they, it, there's a lot of reading in the games nowadays. It's not just button mashing anymore. I mean, it could still just be button mashing. But there's just so much dialogue that it's hard to keep track of it. And it's got so many different um, storylines. And also, if you don't know the general structure of a Pokemon game, unless somebody like explains it to you, like you did for me, mm-hmm. or you know, unless you spend a lot of time figuring it out, it's, it can be hard to get into. Like, the kid kid kept asking, "How do I fight? How do I fight?" I'm like, "You're literally in the middle of a battle right now." Well, that's okay. why it's like you know, I, I really feel like Ash is my kindred spirit. You know, uh, maturity wise, I'm 10 years old, but I have 20 years of experience in the Pokemon world, so I, I'm just like Ash Ketchum over here. Yeah, you are. But. uh I would say the one thing that this game did differently that I feel like a lot of the other games haven't done is there's always been one story going on. Mm. And this game took on three separate storylines, which I was, I know it divided the fan base. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, there's the Pokemon League, which we normally have, which you, your rival and your eight gyms and the Elite Four. There was then the Starbase crew, which was, it was interesting. It was kind of made me think of doing Terra Dens or doing the old Totem Pokemon. And then we had our last one, which was Arvin, which was the, I guess that was more like the Toto Pokemon with the tight, uh, the, what were they called? Not Titans. They yeah. were Titans. They were uh-huh. Titans. Yeah. I'm so used to Titan Pokemon from, uh, or no, it was the Alpha Pokemon in Legends RPS. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we've had so many different types of Pokemon, Totem, Titans, Alphas. It's, it's been a lot. A lot of titles. But uh, do you want to just real quickly dissect each of the storylines? Sure. I mean, with Nimona, uh, you know, your, your regular... Um, track that you had there with the gyms and the and mm-hmm. the elite four. I think it was um, wildly annoying at first <laughs> that mm-hmm. she constantly wanted oh my to gosh. battle. She was just on you. Like I love all the memes that have come out. It's like you'll never leave me ever. She was on you like green on grass, man. You only need to battle me forever and ever. Forever. It was it was a lot. But I will say, like looking back on having completed all all the, the entire game. This had some of the most depressing storylines because when you get to know why Nimona is the way that she is, it's really because she has no friends because she's a naturally gifted battler. Yeah, and she just wants to do something that's fun for her and battling is fun, but she's too good at it 
So no one wants to engage with her about yeah, it. Yeah, like one of the cool features of it being taken place at a school, you can go to the different rooms throughout the game and you can like interact with the characters at different parts and see their story behind the scenes opposed to them just kind of finding you on your path. And you see Nimona trying to battle people around the school. And they're like, wait, you're that student body president. Uh, no, I'm good. And they just run away from her and they just, they just kind of leave her on red and they don't want to battle her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, they totally it's ghost really her. depressing because Nimona even tells you that you know, she's gone easy on people and she still beats them and then they get mad at her or she goes so easy that they know that she's going easy then they get mad because she's not actually battling them just kind of placating them. Like this, this girl can't win. So when you actually do beat her and you actually show some prowess, it shows a reason as to why she wants to battle you. And it makes a lot of sense because this girl doesn't have friends and she actually sees you as someone who will accept her for who she is. Yeah, and I mean, I think her most challenging competition up until that point was adults. And, you know, if you've ever been a kid who can't make friends, I think trying to be friends with an adult is probably your least viable, like, least fun option, at least. They might be able to battle, but you're not going to have, you know, corresponding life events that you can Mm -hmm. bond over. It's going to be like, well, I'm having trouble in biology class. Well, like, even even in in the game when she battles the current champion Gita, who by far was, I I really hope that they beef her up in the DLC because Gita even mentions the fact that Nimona beat her easily, and she could tell that Nimona was going easy on her, and she is the top champion. Yeah, like it's it's just it's sad, and then you know all the storylines kind of had that thing about acceptance and just it it was depressing. Like think about the Star Crew, like the Star Bases. It was all about taking down the people who. We're about to be expelled from school. Yeah, I mean the Star Crew track was not my favorite. Yeah. Um, that the storyline, like we've talked about, you and I, mm-hmm. uh, the storyline was there. It just wasn't presented well enough mm-hmm. to be engaging. And I think that's part of the issue with an open world concept is that there's no linear, like you're going to this or battle and then this star crew battle and then that star crew battle you could go and do whichever ones you wanted to um but then you got kind of like this disjointed story so you're getting Uh like text messages in the wrong order well so that that was actually i was gonna bring bring that up as well Mm -hmm. that with both of like arvin storylines and nimona storyline they are based upon a linear progression where no matter which event you do first or you do last like if you decided to train all your pokemon up to level 47 and go to the last gym first, you're still going to get that first interaction with the Mona cutscene. Yeah. It doesn't matter what gym you're at, you still get the same cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Where with the star bases, those cutscenes are tied to location. Yeah, they really need to be done in the correct order. Yeah, and if you like if you mess that up, you're not getting the story in the right order and then if again, if you're doing like the first star base and then you go do a bunch of other stuff and then you go to the second star base, you're not going to get that continual storyline. So they really kind of screwed over that storyline. And like I know you didn't enjoy it to begin with. It it wasn't that flushed out to begin with. Looking at it from an like at the end of it, the storyline was great. Mm-hmm. It was just told terribly. I will say I did like running around with like your top three Pokemon and having to defeat a certain amount of their the new, Pokemon. The new battle mechanic. Yeah, that was really interesting. And I enjoyed that once you had like Pokemon that were the right level to go through there and were the right no, I'm, type. I'm wondering if that was a way to kind of like force Pokemon Unite down our throats. Because like, you know, they came out with the new Pokemon Unite game, which is like League of Legends. No, you're you saying a bunch of words. That. Okay, I'm saying a bunch of words. So Pokemon came out with a game called Pokemon Unite, called mm-hmm. which is similar to League of Legends. 
I, I've never played either game. I'm going off all of what I've seen online. It just it seems like that's a similar mechanic where like you know you're using your team of three to go take down another team of three. I know Pokemon Unite's way more in depth, but mm-hmm. I wonder if it was a way to kind of like, hey, remember there's also this game too. I don't know. I feel like they could have just put it in there as a different way of battling mm-hmm. in this particular storyline because they've got three different ones, mm-hmm. and you know between the your traditional battle and then you've got this kind of like free form battle. battle. No, that's what I'm talking about. The, the star. I'm talking about the big one at the end though. Oh, I'm not even talking about that one. I'm oh. talking about the three storylines that we've got. So okay. we've got Nimona with the the traditional um, battles against gym leaders, and I got then you. Star Crew with this like kind of pack battle mm-hmm. almost pack battling. Yeah, Pacimon. <laughs> That's what my mom called it growing up. Oh, you're playing Pacimon again. No, no, no. And then you've got Arvin, where you had to kind of chase the Titan mm, to defeat like it, like a raid battle format. Yeah, just that like real pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's very interesting how each of these storylines also has that different type of um, battle component to them. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and then like, I just like thinking about the storyline from a storyline perspective, and it's all about these people who are going to be expelled. And what ended up happening is you find out that they were actually the ones being bullied on campus who decided to stand up to their bullies. And then when people realize you can actually stand up to the bullies, the bullies then went to the headmaster and was like, yeah, these star kids, they're bullying us. And then that's when they got in trouble. And so then the star people just left. And it's like, it's again, it's coming into accept like who you are is who you are and like what you want to be. Oh, spoilers, by the way, if you oh, haven't yeah. played the game. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like, you know that we've played this game. We talked about having played through it. Like we're going to talk about it. But and we're going to come up to Arvin and... Other oh. stuff, so we need to. Yeah, just we are gonna. If, if you don't want to like hear the rest of this, because we're gonna go full into like the end of the game, like post game. Because like I cried. Um. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> this, this is your warning. We're gonna talk about Arvin's storyline next, which I'm just gonna say this at the beginning. Arvin has the most depressing storyline out of every single character. This guy could not win in all the Pokemon universe, and I I will I will stake my name on that. Mm-hmm. It it was pretty traumatic, actually. So do you so. want to tell us what happens at the beginning of Arvin's story and why you have to know him? Oh, my dear sweet Arvin. Okay. At first, you do not like him. At least I did not like him. He seemed like a prick who couldn't really get a handle on what was going on and just wanted to do his own thing, which is fair. You know, I honestly thought he was going to be the villain. Like going into he, he's it, he's kind of set they, up like that. He's, they he's totally a, set him up like that. He really gives you like I know you didn't play the original games that much, but mm-hmm. he really gives you kind of like blue vibes where he's just kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. But then as you go and you know somewhere in the school you meet up with him again, mm-hmm. and he said he mentioned something about needing help on a journey mm-hmm. on a on the Urban Mystica, the Urban Mystica journey that he's doing with this random book that you know. Only. The Scarlet book or the Violet book. If you're playing Violet, I'm, I was. I know I'm going to speak as if I played Scarlet because that's what I played. You're probably going to speak as Violet because you played Violet. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So the words "mom" and "dad" and Scarlet and Violet are interchangeable in this entire conversation. Major spoiler alert. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, so. So yeah, go ahead. So then you find out that the reason why you're helping Arvin track down this Herba Mystica, which is from a book that he found in his mom's lab, is. Because his dog is dying. 
So every time you take down a, a Titan Pokemon, you find, get this but Urban Mystica. But you don't Mystica. find that out until after you defeat the first Titan. And you second. get the, the second Titan? Second Titan. Okay. And then you get the, the sandwich that he makes you. Yes. And he gets mad that your Pokemon eats so you, the sandwich. Your, your ride Pokemon, Coridon or Maridon, eats the sandwich, and Arvin gets mad. And the first time, you don't understand why. No. And like it fades to black as he's saying, it's okay, you can come out now. And it's really ominous. And this is why you think Arvin's going to end up being a villain. Yeah, because it's like this weird thing. What's he hiding? And bum, then this, the second time when you do it, he gets mad at the ride Pokemon again. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I guess I should tell you. And he's like, oh, here it is. He's going to be the villain. And then he brings out a sick dog. Yeah. And every time you defeat a Titan and get the Urban Mystica, the sandwich gives not only healing properties to your ride Pokemon, but also to his precious dog that has been his so, most loyal companion for years. I, I know that <laughs> you and I both finished the uh, the Titan, the Clash of the Titans Arvin storyline first. Oh, yeah. Mainly because we just wanted to save the dog. We, had we, to save we did the not dog. care about unlocking all the ride abilities because every time your, your ride Pokemon eats the sandwich... You get another ability, whether it's climbing or flying or swimming. Mm-hmm. But we just wanted to save the dog. We can give a crap about the ride Pokemon. No, oh, I mean, like, it was helpful to get to the other Titans faster, but mm-hmm. still. But so then you find out why he has such attachment to this dog. And because this is the dog he's had since he was a child when his mom was absent being the Pokemon researcher. Oh, yeah, because his mom or his dad, by the way, mm-hmm. is the professor of the game. Yep. Who's been in the great crater in the middle of the place that no one can get to until later in the and game? And messaging you as oh, yeah. you keep you, feeding your Pokemon. His mom or dad is calling you every time you your Pokemon eats a sandwich and unlocks an ability, which I have a big bone to pick with that, but I'll get to that in a second. But eventually, you know, she calls you and she hears Arvin's voice in the background. Yeah. And this is after you've completed all the storyline mm-hmm. for the Elite Four, the Star Bases, and the Clash of the Titans. Yep. And it's like the last thing that happens is like you're with Arvin and she calls and here's Arvin goes like, oh, hey, can you lock my lab that you first met Arvin at the way at the beginning of the game? And I need you to take this thing and then come down to the great crater of Paldea to, uh, you know, save me because I'm trapped. So you find out that not only like so Arvin's mom or dad didn't abandon him. She's trapped. So now you and your team of people that you've accumulated through like the three different storylines all have to go down into the center of the Paldea. Yep. And it then turns into this chaos. Yeah, because you're you're going to all these different bases and you're getting more of the story at each of like the little like research stations. Yep. And you get to the fourth one and you know, shit is messed up. It is exploded, there's fire, and you don't get the same message from the mom or the dad. It's it's all broken up and garbled. And Arvin goes, No, it couldn't be. And the whole time you're like walking down, because you can't move faster as you're walking down the first time in the Great Critical Day, you're getting all this exposition about how they all have mommy and daddy issues. All of them. Like, let's be real. This game is just Pokemon mommy issues and Pokemon daddy issues. (laughs) But yeah, so they really make you focus on each and every one of their storylines as you're going down. But you're also seeing all these new Pokemon Mm -hmm. that are not available. Yes, you're seeing all these, um, the Paradox Pokemon, whether from the past or the future. Mm Mm-hmm. But then you finally get down to the big research lab in the base where you're going to save Arvin's mom or dad. And then all the Paradox Pokemon start attacking. So, you know, Nimona and Penny from the Star Crew, they, they go and they help you. They take down the Paradox Pokemon. Arvin stays out. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to help defend the lab too. Can you go in and help save my mom? And then you like walk into the lab and his mom is just sitting lifeless in a corner. And yeah, she goes, great. human presence detected. It's all systems powering on. And you're like, oh, shoot. And you come to find out that 
the explosion that happened in the fourth research station is what killed Arvin's mom or dad. Yep. And that the professor that's down there is not the same professor. It's an AI robot. Yeah. So not only has this man lost his, like, his parents were absentee, but they died. He didn't even know about it. So he's yep. been blaming their absenteeism on the fact that they, they just didn't, didn't care about him, yeah. but they've been dead. Which is absolutely crazy. Um, and then, what happens next? And then you have to defeat the AI, and it has a failsafe. Well, why are we defeating the AI? Because the paradox is too great, and it's actually causing more harm than good in the world. Mm-hmm. So you have to like destroy um, the AI robot. Because that's where you get the terrestrialized crystal elements from. Yep, that's how you say that word. I don't know, man. I'm trying. Okay. Yeah, you just so, read everything on the screen. It's not pronounced for you. That is true. So then you have to like take down the AI robot. You defeat the AI robot. And then the AI robot's like, well. The AI robot is very dramatic, by the yes. way. She said, well, very dramatic. When you go to fight her the first time or him the first time, it's like, hey, just so you know, if you try to turn off this time machine thing that I have, I might try and kill you. And That's so then you, and you're killing the Pokemon world that has to do with, with battling. So you battle them. And then they're like, oh. And then, like, the, I don't know, the paradox life protocol takes over. It's weird. And they become, like, a super-powered AI. So now Arvin has to watch you. As his, as his parents try to kill you, you have to take them down. And, again, this man has the most traumatizing storyline in all of Pokemon. But at least we saved the dog. We saved the dog. We, lo- we watched Arvin's parents throw themselves in the time machine to save us. Sorry, we watched Arvin's parents' AI protocol throw themselves in the time machine to save Arvin. I actually think that Ar- that the AI robot liked Arvin and loved Arvin more than his own parents did. You know, I don't know if that would be the case. I'm wondering if they overrode it and built an extra failsafe. Like, if Arvin was down there, they couldn't kill Arvin. Does that make um, sense? No, because Arvin was down there, and the robot said, and now, like, it was like, not now you must die. But it was the the robot went into like the second mode. It was like, like Terminator. I'm going to take you all down, and it locked all of their pokeballs. Yeah, you I forgot mean, forgot about that part. Yeah, of course I forgot about that part. I forget about everything. But that's just what I'm saying. Like they could have built in an extra failsafe. They could have, but they didn't. Jocelyn, Arvin's parents did not love him. But the robot, the robot's last words to Arvin were like. I feel like somewhere in your their hearts, your parents actually loved you. Oh, that's very traumatizing. Right? Um, like yeah. again, most depressing storyline. But you know, I mean, do you have anything else to say say about our, our depressing Pokemon game? Other you than know, the Pokemon fact that we just like worked through all of the, the, main the whole game. Line. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, we can call it Pokemon mommy issues or Pokemon acceptance. Pokemon daddy issues. What are you talking about? Well, for about? you, for you, it's daddy issues. Yeah, that is. <laughs> So, I mean, so you haven't played a lot of Pokemon games. You really have played, in recent years, you played no. Let's Go Eevee. You played... I don't even remember that one, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I don't think you ever really finished it. No, I but didn't. You, I didn't you play did a get, lot through it. You got to Cynthia and Shining Pearl. Yeah. And, I don't like her. And, and <laughs> listen, none of us did. She was hard. I still, honestly, I put that game down and did not pick it back up because I could not handle it. Listen, we, one day, listen, when you have 20 years of experience in the Pokemon world, it'll become easier for you. When I have 20 years of experience in the Pokemon world, do you know what age I will be? I'm not going to say it on the podcast. That's right. Good I, job. I, I learned. But do you know how old I Yes, I will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then you, you've now played 
their first like really venture into a mainstream open world game. I am really, really a f- big fan of the open world format that um, a lot of games are going nowadays. Okay. Um, I enjoyed watching you play through Pokemon Ar- Arceus. Arceus. I was going to say Arceus. Ar- Arceus. I was going to say Arceus, but that's not it. So that's fine. Actually, so you're talking about like it doesn't tell you how to pronounce it. That is a big question. How do you pronounce Arceus? Is it Arceus, Arcus, or Arceus, like it told us in the games? I, I will show you the Easter egg one day where it actually says the RKS system. But so I know that you so you said that you like the open world format. How do you feel about the story progression then from an open world mentality with like it gave you the exclamation point like go here do this. So um, what I really liked about the linear progressions was that you built your your team levels up as you went through it. Mm-hmm. But then again, what I also liked about the open world is that you could explore different places. And when you were well under equipped, you could still go there and then just get annihilated mm-hmm. and then go back. But you didn't have to necessarily follow a structure. Once you got to a certain level, you could explore more on your own and kind of get your team the way that you wanted it to, or just mm-hmm. the way that you felt like going. Cause I don't know, sometimes it was fun to climb rocks and go up the freaking mountain. To literally and just, just explore the open world instead yeah. of staying on the one path that we've had to in years. Yeah. And plus, I mean, when it was just the one path that you've had for years, mm-hmm. it was really lame. You just yeah. kept holding listen, the button the same direction. For all of us, long. all of us who have grown up playing Pokemon, especially like the red, blue, gold, silver, like versions, when you would like walk by something, there'd be a ledge and you could just see like that random patch of grass was on top of a mountain that was like programmed into the game, but not programmed a way that you could get there. We all wanted to get there. We yeah. all wanted to see what was up on top of that cliff. In this game, you actually can. If there's a little place on top of a cliff, you can get there. Yeah. You good? Yeah, I'm just adjusting. <laughs> I'm hitting the heater. It's fine. Okay. But yeah, so you can actually like explore this world and it, it was really cool. I will say, I think they did a really good job avoiding what's been my biggest frustration in Pokemon games over the past few years is the dialogue tunnels. Where oh, yeah. The purpose of go here for the purpose of going there just to go somewhere else to give you something extra to do. I yeah. feel like, you know, the, the original Gen 1, 2, and 3 did a really good job of avoiding that. They didn't incorporate dialogue tunnels mainly because the game was mostly just go here, do this, solve this puzzle or something. Mm-hmm. Where then over the course of time, as they try to up the ante and get more of a flushed out storyline, the only way to get a more flushed out storyline was to include more dialogue. So you had to go there, talk to this person. Yeah. Where I feel like this game actually did a really good job of putting the storyline. And while it was at the forefront of the game, it was also like it happened in the background as you just played it. Yeah, I I did enjoy that, you know, not getting caught in dialogue tunnels. Um, one thing that I wish was a little more clear, which you had pointed out to me, was that it was kind of clear, but I mean, I just wasn't paying attention, is the levels of the gyms or the different mm. battle areas that I was going to. Because, like, I ended up in some pretty difficult ones, but then I just, like, went around and grinded and mm-hmm. got my Pokemon to a level and then went and beat it and then discovered, oh, there were two other ones that I should have yeah. done before so that. So, in the game, there's not, like, a... They- this is the first it's gym. Not this like is the gym second gym. One. Yeah, it doesn't number the gyms. You can do the gyms in whatever order you want, but if you read the descriptions for the gyms, like this is a good starter gym. If you've finished a few gyms, this might be a good one. Like it actually but that's like does so, give like, you like Im- 
ambiguous. You know what I mean? It, it was, but it was also because there were a few gyms that had the same leveling that yeah. you could do them as five or six. And I guess it also, like, it helps incorporate that whole real world feel mm-hmm. to it because you're not always going to know exactly what you should be doing next. You just kind of go and you you take care of it. And if you fail, then you go and you you do some work and then you come back and other things come easier for you at that point. That's what, like a cool thing to do like three years down the road when we get the next generation of Pokemon would do be incorporate level scaling, which is like if you were to go do the first gym first or the like the gym closest to you first, you would get that like level 11, like 12 Pokemon that they're they're weak. And you might only be fighting two of them. Yeah, if you decided to skip that first gym, go do everything else and came back to them as your eighth gym, instead of fighting those two Pokemon, you might be fighting four or five of them at like in the 40s or 50s. So they actually yeah. scale the gym to where you're at. I think that'd be fun, but I don't think that you'd want to make the first gym that you go to in whatever area mm-hmm. be like the two Pokemon at the lower level. You'd still want it to be like, if you're going to go that far out, there should be a definite challenge there does that if you're gonna go that far for your so, first thing that's what i'm like wondering like the way that they set up the the first uh couple gyms for sword and shield you had to do the first three gyms and then it unlocked more of the wild area you could go out and explore more mm-hmm. and i really like the way that they considered the first three gyms the challenge so maybe they could do something like that in the next generation where it's like hey you have to do these gyms one two three and orders one two three or those three can be done in any order, and then the next five can be done in any order. So then it can kind of, well, kind the of only like issue like with dates. that is that, like, that adds on to the introduction, like your entry to the game. Mm-hmm. Like your, how, what do you say? Like, the tutorial, the beginning. Yeah, but I feel like there was a different word that you called it. It's not a, exactly a tutorial, but it's just like. The setup? Ser- yeah, the series of stuff that you have to go through. Also, like, um, I, I feel like as someone who's played it for so many years, if you really told me this game is open world and it, it wouldn't matter what gym you selected first because the levels would be scaled to you. No, I think that if it's an open world concept, your mountaintop ones still should be they, they, like the ridiculously high level. I know, but ones. I'm talking from a purpose of introducing level scaling into the game. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I still don't think that like... That's literally what level scaling is. I don't think my point that I'm trying to make is coming across as great as it. I, I think I'm, I'm missing what you're saying because it sounds yeah. like you're arguing with me on the definition of level scaling. I don't. I don't think that I am. I just don't know how to mm-hmm. say what I'm thinking. Okay, because like one of the things that they introduced like way back in like I think it was Pokemon. It was either Pokemon Masters, or Pokemon Chronicles. In when you go to like when they went to Red went to Brock's gym. Brock asked him, hey, how many gym badges do you have? And he goes, I don't have any yet. He goes, oh, then I'll use these two Pokemon. And you see, like, in the drawer that he has, like, four of the Pokemon that he could use, but he chooses these two because you don't have any badges yet. Yeah, but how is that fair to the other people who beat him? Is there, the, like, levels to the gym badges then? Be, that's exactly what level scaling. You're finally getting level scaling. So I you, don't know this ha- thing. The gyms would scale their levels to where you're at. So you get a leveled gym badge instead of like a, just no. a regular gym badge. So if I had, I, if, if you have no badges yeah, and you go fight the gym in the first town, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to fight you with level 11 Pokemon. 
Yet, if I decided that, you know what, I'm not going to go fight this person, I'm going to go around the map the other direction. So that first gym ends up being the eighth gym for me. And I go in there, oh, you have seven badges. I'm going to fight you with, it could be the same Pokemon, but maybe their final evolution. And it would fight them with level 40 and 50 Pokemon. But like, how did you beat the eighth gym? That is my eighth gym. No, you the do original the, eighth gym. Because they, that gym was then scaled to levels 11. If I did them first. Okay. I will draw you a diagram because you, no, you don't understand like, level scaling, do you? No, I think that that is. If you're not going to defeat. No, no a, gym a is numbered. Gyms aren't numbered. Gyms are there are eight gyms out there. You can do the eight gyms in whatever order you want. See, that's where I'm getting hung up because every other time that Pokemon has come out, it's been a linear progression. I know, but if you have an open world, you can go to the towns, whatever. Josh, I, in, in, when I played Violet, I went, because I, I played both games at this point. <laughs> when I went to when I played Violet, before even going to the school, I got up to the snow mountain because I'd used the glitch. Yeah, you hacked the game. Yeah, I jumped. I jumped in the game. I figured out how to jump. But you hacked the game. I did not have a ride Pokemon, and I got all the way up there. I was able to walk into the gym. I'm still in count. I had a whole team. I had not even gone to school yet, and my team was levels 40 and 50, and I walked into the gym. I couldn't fight the gym because I hadn't started school yet, but I could get up there and take on those Pokemon. So I think that with the level scaling, if you wanted to keep the static encounters, like the Pokemon that are in that area at the, the same level, so like on the top of the mountains, I think you're right. The Pokemon living on the mountain should be stronger because they're used to that environment. Mm -hmm. But if you walk up to the gym at the top of the mountain and maybe it's your first gym, I think that they should, hey, like they should hit you with level 11 Pokemon instead of level 50. In a level-scaled game. I'm talking about level-scaling here. Not just open-world so concept. So you're going to take your level 40 Pokemon against a level 11 just because it happens to be the first gym that you're battling. Yes, yes, I would. No, I don't think that's but fair at all. you could also then level-scale to what's the highest level in your party. So if you get one of the like the DLC Pokemon or one of the, the gift Pokemon in the game that sometimes they do is a level 100 and you walk into a gym with a level 100 Pokemon in the front of your party... You're SOL'd. That's why I think it should be, the level scaling should be to the gym batches. I did not think that this level <laughs> scaling conversation would go on as long as I it did. I don't think it should be to the gym badges. I think it should be to your level of your Pokemon in your party. Okay, so then if, if I have one gym badge and you have one gym badge and I have a level 100 Pokemon and you have, you know, the typical level for one gym badge, is that fair? Yeah, because yours... Are stronger. Yes. So, okay. So if it's scaled to the level of your Pokemon, you will have more difficult Pokemon that you're going up against based okay. on the Pokemon that are in your party. I, I could see that. I could see that. I, I just think from a, you spend game, that time a game mechanic, a game mechanic that level scaling should be tied to the number of gym badges, not the level of Pokemon that you have. Because if you did it, so here's the thing, because I know you like to grind. Because that's how you grinded to get through some of the bases. Yeah. If you were going to tie level scaling to how you raise your Pokemon, you would never be able to grind. Because that Pokemon that you're going against would always be able to match what you have. 
But the point, ah. no, because it's not just about the level that your Pokemon are, as you've taught me. It's about the type that you have and what you're going up against. Oh my gosh. This no. is, I did not think this conversation <laughs> would go this long. I'm not long. saying that they scale it based on the type, but I think that instead of gym badges, it should be taken into account the level that your Pokemon are at. So what I just said that you would never be able to grind. Yeah. I mean, and you just disagreed with me. Then agree- you put your foot in your mouth on this one, like I just did. Ha ha. I mean, I still think that. I, I think you and I, I are just going to disagree on this fact. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, think I that I think that you and I foot- should go on to our next section. Right. Hold I, on. I, I will say that I definitely put my foot in my mouth on some things. I just have a hard time following some argument points, but I think I know where I stand on this. So. Please drop your comments yeah, below. It, so let us know in the comments if you think that level scaling, if they introduce it into Pokemon, should be based on the levels that your Pokemon's party team is at or the average of the six in your team. Or should it be based on the number of gym badges or how far you are in the storyline or how far you are progressing through the gyms or however they write the story? I did. don't think the storyline was part of the original argument. It wasn't. I, I included that, and I apologize. I would just think because of star bases, and I, I, I would just stick that the gym levels... The, I can't look. So, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I think that the way that the gym format could be altered is that the gym levels could be scaled based on the number of gym badges you have, and that's where I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to put in the star bases and the titans because we don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, we don't know if there's going to be like... But there have been gym. Ba- there have been gyms at almost every single Pokemon game except for Alola, as it were the main Pokemon games. There weren't gym badges in that first one. It was the passport stamps, which was stupid. <laughs> but okay. yeah, okay. So moving on. Let's talk about the starters that we chose because last time you you and I both said what starters we we're going to choose, and we both we both went with our decisions. Yes, we did. We so did. You, who did you choose? I chose Weed Kitty, otherwise known as Leaf Kitty, when children are around. Yes. Yes, it is. That was really funny. Watching you teach a kid how to play a game using Weed Kitty. It's Leaf Kitty. This is Leaf Kitty. Thank God this read. child couldn't read. He, couldn't read. I was, he was like trying to figure out who to put in there. And I was like, well, you've got Leaf Kitty there. And Alex just looked at me from across the room. And I was like, Because I know the name of her Pokemon. It's not Leaf up. Kitty. <laughs> so I looked at the parent and the parent's like, what's Leaf Kitty? I'm like, it's, it's a leaf, but not a leaf. And he went, oh. <laughs> Like, I named it before I knew there would be a child playing my Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. But how, so how did you, so people don't know, we're talking about Spirigatito, which ends up becoming Mouscarada, Mouscarada, whatever it's called. Weed Kitty. Weed Kitty. I do like Weed Kitty. I enjoyed using Weed Kitty. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. I enjoyed using Weed Kitty. Uh, I thought that it had a a good... I don't know if it's a good range or if I just really enjoyed the moves that it had, but I just think it was fun. Had a good move set for your playstyle. Yes, it did. Yep, that's exactly what I wanted to say. Thank you. You're welcome. Because words don't come easily yeah. for me. So I know the Pokemon that I chose. You ended up really not liking it, but also really liked watching it move. Yeah, it distracted me every time you were yeah. playing on your Switch it, up I'll, on the screen, and I had mine. No, yeah. it was. So I, I chose uh, Salsa Duck, otherwise known as Quaxley, which becomes Quackaval. I am here for Salsa Duck. Yeah, listen, I, I love Salsa Duck. Salsa Duck's a great name because the duck is just continually dancing and moving. 
But because it has these big giant tail feathers and it's shaking its its tail feathers, it's really hard to focus because it takes up so much of the screen and it has a bunch of different colors that it's it's really distracting. It's not even just like a sway kind of dancing. It's a very it, like it's an aggressive two step. it's an aggressive move. And then if you like, you can have your Pokemon like follow you around in the open world. It it was like too much. I think I rarely ever put uh, my Quackaval, aka Salsa Duck, otherwise known as Launchpad, mm-hmm. named after Launchpad and Quack. I, I really had him walk around just because I did not care for it. Well, you also had mentioned how you didn't appreciate how the um kind of like static movement that it was supposed to have, oh, or like it, yeah. it did not actually yeah, so coincide the, with its move. The general sway that a Pokemon like normally has while it's standing out like on the battlefield. The, the salsa ducks one is this uh, not aggressive but it's, it's, a it's, a, it's a big dance and then so if it's animation for its move doesn't perfectly sync up with where it is in the dance it kind of glitches for a second and it only happened a few times it was enough that i was like oh so whenever i use this move and i don't like it, the game just doesn't load properly or doesn't do something properly which happens often with this game because it's a lot that's running right now and like you know it's, it's getting better and you got grass waving you got waves going you got you, you got glitch land oh my god oh how do we not talk about that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah so the um it was just i think we enjoyed the starters they were just you know they weren't the best pokemon they weren't like oh and then there was yeah. also we'll, we'll talk what, about those pokemon what, was the, what we'll, was the name of the we'll talk about those pokemon no i'm talking about the name of the other starter oh danny devito crocodile danny devito crocodile yeah with the fire or hair. danny devito gator yeah yeah so I saw, I saw, we saw a meme and it, it is perfect. So Fue Coco, when Fue Coco finally evolves into Skeledurge, literally it, the way that its fire is coming off its head, it looks like Danny DeVito. <laughs> Which is amazing. And I kind of wish that I had chosen fiery um, Danny DeVito. If you liked the Mouse Guard of Playstyle or Weed Kitty's Playstyle, you might not have enjoyed it because it's more of a special attacker. All right. But I don't think you you play really thinking about attack and special attack and no. special defense. I feel like whichever starter I choose ends up being my play style for that game because I just let it kind of be my partner for it. Yeah. I always try to play through the games with my starter on my team the whole time. Someone who's never played black and white. Yeah, well, I don't care. I like my team and I like my loyalty. Okay. So. So, if if you notice Jocelyn made a hand motion and made some blowing noises, which uh every time you are (laughs) every time you are on the water and you have a pokemon that either can't fly or can't swim they are on a raft it's gold and it's really funny because there's no explanation to where this raft came from and the raft disappears and reappears and changes sizes (laughs) based upon the size of the pokemon yeah it is glorious because all of a sudden it's there and it's not like it's um i don't know small no, it's it's a, it's a big raft. It's a raft, raft that would fit a Pokemon. Yeah. So like if you're playing with a human-sized Pokemon, it is a like think about a human-sized inner tube. Yeah, that they can stand on comfortably and do their move set from. Now, the best part is when you're like just travers- like traversing around the game. Yeah. If you have a Pokemon who can can't fly, can't swim, walking with you and you go in the water, the raft comes out of nowhere and they start flying on. Well, they're not flying, yeah. but they're moving it's on like, like a jet ski. It's almost like they've got like a line connected to your yeah they, your they, ride they went tubing they did they went tubing but so Every, we had no idea where this raft comes from at all and once we discovered that it was there we were like wait so how does this show up how does this happen 
Are you just sitting there, like, blowing up an inner tube real fast? Like, hold on, wild Pokemon. <laughs> I gotta put mine on here. Yeah, it, it's it's very interesting, but that that was the joke that came from that. So anytime like we were playing Pokemon, we see each other having, like, the raft out. We'd be making that motion and that sound effect. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. It was great. But... So, last thing we want to talk about with Pokemon is the top three favorite Pokemon that we each had from the region. And I want to make sure that Josh remembers that this is from the region, not overall. I'm not good at that. So, I'm going to tell you, you want me to tell you which one you can't choose right off the bat? Mimikyu. Oh! I know you like Mimikyu. You I do. You didn't know the storyline behind Mimikyu, and you just thought it was a stupid-looking Pokemon that looked like trash. Yeah. And then I told you the storyline, and, and it broke your heart. And now I want a plushie. Yeah, so if you didn't know, Mimikyu is uh, a ghost Pokemon that embodies a discarded plushie of Pikachu because its own personal face just causes grief and it only wanted and wants no love. So now it embodies the most love plush that it could find. So sad. It is sad. But who, who has a sadder story? Mimikyu or Arvin? That is an honest to goodness tough Like, call. I mean, Ar- Arvin, it's, it's sad. Yeah. But... Mimikyu, it's every Mimikyu known to Earth, like man. Yeah, it's every single one. Which I know you and I have had this conversation that I think that there should be regional forms or location forms for Mimikyu, much like how we have different patterns for Spinda, different locations, uh, different wing patterns for Vivalion. I think that Mimikyu should have different plushy forms based on where it's located in the map. I agree. You're going to have different discarded toys in different de- regions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But yeah, he's real cute and I love him. Yeah, so top three favorite Pokemon for the region. Do you remember what mine were? I think one was Weed Kitty. Oh, thanks. Okay, so Weed Kitty. <laughs> you should have put mine on the stick. I, and- I thought about it, but then I, I didn't. I know I, I will save I will save my top one of my top ones for last. I know we shared it. Oh, that's helpful. Okay, so I just need to remember one more. Yep. Well we could do that one next. Here. So I'll do my first. My first one had to be King Gambit. I've always been a Bisharp fan, the Dark and Steel one. one. Mm -hmm. And giving Bisharp another evolution was amazing. I absolutely love the fact that it just had a really different like way to evolve. You know, you had to defeat certain Bisharp that had crowds of Ponyards around them and to do a certain enough of them in order to then evolve. And it was just it was a great Pokemon. It had a great ability of Supreme Overlord. You see the guy was sitting. Yeah, he was one that was sitting on the on the stool and looked like he was taking a poop the entire time. Oh, okay. Got it. He was like and, thinking man. Yeah, he, he was the one that had the thick butt when he fall over and you could see his cheeks. Great. It, That's it, wonderful. It, it's true. It's how yeah. it happened. King Gambit got that booty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then do you want to say your next one? Yeah, I think it might be the one that we share though. The pink one? Yes. Yep. Tinkaton! Tinkaton. I love Tinkaton. I am normally not a big fairy Pokemon person. I I like the manly Pokemon. I like the King Gambits. Will and wreck everything. That thing, it became my start. Like, not my starter, but it was the Pokemon I would always lead with, mainly just because it could take a hit and give a hit. Did you ever find that shiny? No, I didn't. Okay. I was, so I, I hunted for hours using different shiny methods and just could not get the shiny Tinkaton. One of the cool things about Tinkaton is its Pokedex entry, mm-hmm. and it carves this giant steel hammer out of the wings of Corviknight. So shiny Tinkaton, instead of having its actual like body change, just the hammer color changes, and that color of the shiny Tinkaton's hammer is the color of a shiny Corviknight. Which, if you know anything about Pokemon, that was kind of cool. And that that color is 
or like bronze bronze yeah okay. yeah so instead of being like a darkish like black metal it was more yeah. of a bronze okay that's right yeah that that's what i remember i had weed yep. kitty and Ticketon. so we, we share that favorite yep so you want me to do my last favorite you do your last favorite I can remember my last favorite. Yeah. So my last favorite, um, I've always been a fan of like the Gen 1 Pokemon. Mainly, it's, I mean, it's what I grew up on, so it's what I have that childhood nostalgia for. And whenever they give one of the Gen 1 Pokemon a really cool new evolution that adds to it and doesn't take away from it, I find that amazing. So they gave the Mankey line, so we have Mankey, then Primeape, and Primeape got a new move called Rage Fist. And if you use Rage Fist 20 times in battle, and then will evolve on its next level up into a Pokemon called Annihilate, which was a ghost fighting Pokemon, which was an awesome tight matchup and kick butt. And the move Rage Fist, whenever, poke, whenever Annihilate would get hit by a move, it would just add another 50 base power to the Rage Fist. So if you got hit three or four times, instead of hitting with 50 base power, you're now hitting with like 150 or 200, and it's, it's hitting like a tank, and it has a strong attack to begin with. Mm-hmm. So between Ticketon... And Annihilate, I rarely used any of the Pokemon in my entire party. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I yeah. rarely used anything. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. That was that was good. Do you remember your your last one? Was it a ghost? It was a ghost. Was it a, a it was a, a little pupper? doggy? Yes. yes. It was a doggy. Oh yes, with the it candle was, on his head. It was Grievered. Grievered. That's yep. right. Yeah, he was cute. I just liked him because. You. And it was kind of sad because he like sucked the life force from the Pokemon around him, and I just think that that's a weird, cool thing. So yeah, so those were those were our impressions on the different Pokemon and the new Pokemon game. But would I, recommend. Yes, would definitely recommend playing through. It's definitely one that you can play over and over again, and you're gonna be able to change up how you play it, which was part of my one of my favorite things: replayability with games. And I think Scarlet and Violet definitely did a really good job. With replayability. I wish you could choose different outfits. Yeah, that that's definitely probably the biggest... Uh, well, not the biggest. <laughs> like, fallback from the game, but... You made yours look really cool with your aviator sunglasses and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, I also spent, like, $40,000 on those. <laughs> that's true. That and my my black and gold headband and my gloves and all that. Yep. Yeah, I tried to make mine look really cool. But you, you, you're stuck in your schoolboy uniform or schoolgirl uniform, and it, it's... They're not, they don't Them look that good. They're not that great. No, they're, they're like the really boxy, like little kid, like, um, like cargo shorts. They're like the original Boy Scout uniform. Oh gosh, they look awful. Yeah, they're real rough. It looks awful. I'm really hoping that they let you like upgrade your outfit or choose. Like in the DLC or something after you've beat the game. Something. I feel like, you know, you should be able to, if, if you have a champion rank. So if you have yep. beaten the Elite Four. You should be able to wear a champion's outfit. Well, I feel like that should happen because you achieved the treasure hunt, right? Yes, but the school year is not over, so you're still technically in the treasure hunt. And the school year is never going to be over because it's the Pokemon games. And you can never, ever leave. It's like Hotel California. Mm-hmm. But, so as you may notice, we are in the new basement. We are not surrounded by, you know... Random sheets of drywall and electrical wires. and But we are surrounded by studs. Hey. You, yeah, Jocelyn loves making that joke. <laughs> I feel like it's getting old and stupid, but I, I'll take it. I'll take it. My wife's complimenting me. So, but yeah, we, um, I think the best thing about having the basement finished is probably the living room. Yeah, we have a floor. Yeah. Our dog has her bed back. Yeah, for the last three to four months, we've been living with half of a living room. 
So it's mainly we just have a couch. You can only get into the couch from one one area. Which happens to be the side that you sit on. Yeah, so whenever someone wanted to sit on the couch, I have to move and get off the couch so someone can get on the couch. And then it, we just, it, from almost like floor to ceiling, we had boxes. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, the basement's done. If you've been following us on uh, Instagram or TikTok, you've seen some pictures of the basement and you know how cool this thing looks. It looks really awesome, hon. I know. So I'm, I'm really happy with the way it came out. I think the best thing is actually being able to see everything we had because we didn't know what we had when it was all in boxes. No, and I feel like there was a lot of time um, and energy spent thinking that we were missing out on things because mm-hmm. we could not remember what we had. And I know personally, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, have that object permanence. Whereas now I can look over there and see all of my Motu figures and mm-hmm. then look over to the other side and see my Star Wars um, Comtech figures and all these other like things that are so joyous to me. Um, our VHS collection, which we already need another bookcase for and like a yeah, we already ran out of space. bookcase for that. Um, yeah, and it's nice because, you know, so. when we go to tag sales or go to different events, we'd, we'd look at the toys and be like, do we have that? And we think, I think we have that. Or we weren't sure if we had something and we'd either miss out on a good opportunity or we would buy a duplicate of something, which we found that we had so many duplicates that we just didn't realize that we had because we're not seeing that stuff. And like while, you know, our list of games and VHS are itemized in a spreadsheet, not everything's in that spreadsheet. Not everything's getting updated like, as as it should. Yeah. And, you know, that that's what happens when you just have things in all different spaces. But what I also love about this is I'm one who will look for, like, the obscure mm-hmm. kind of things. Like, um, one place we found this Motu cardboard um, punch-out weapon that they handed out yeah, in, like, Yeah, our buddy 80s. Scott yeah. at one of the toy fairs. Yeah, so um, it's stuff like that that I just love to find. And the Street Sharks, like, gym bag thing yep. that I found. Um, yeah, we love our little odds and ends, and that's... And yeah. I think they... Doing this basement, we were able to kind of really design how we wanted it done. So a lot of the higher, more collectible stuff went into the office that will have, like, you know, the door blocking children from getting in here. So anything we don't want kids to touch is is safe. Yep. Where everything that's out in the in the main room, other than I'd say maybe your Comtech figures, which we're going to put on a shelf, everything that's mm-hmm. able to be touched by kids is at their height. Yeah. And you know, so when we raise our kids in the future, we're not pregnant, we're not looking to have kids right now, but someday in the future when we have kids. We can educate them about what we grew up with, and they can see how all of everything looked and the stories behind all that. Yeah, and I think it's just, it's a really special space. It's like almost doubled our living area, which has been really fantastic. And mm-hmm. um, I think the choices that we made uh, design-wise um, really help uh, accentuate the special things that we do have. Like we went with really neutral colors and a lot of open shelving. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of um, we we put shelving like whatever they did the bump outs for the pipes. We did a lot of shelving along that too. Yeah, a lot of creative for little storage. Odds and ends like get to go in different places, so they're not taking up a bunch of shelves. Yeah, we we really were intentional about bringing furniture into this space that wasn't just furniture. That um, functionality. Functionality. It was also you know this is display. This is like really. Um, honoring the the collections as they are and not like in like a oh this is wonderful kind but of like way, everything but like, gets its its own space so, you know we're not really mixing the brands 
on one shelf. Like everything gets its own finite area. But I'm not like, yes, that. But also like we're not just cluttering things up. Like we really made a point to make this like a good space, almost like a museum. Like somebody came down to the basement yeah. and they described it like a museum. And I was like, oh, great. Yeah, I, 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 I took curator. that as a compliment. Like <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah. So I think that was a really cool opportunity that mm-hmm. we had that not a lot of people do have is to create an entire living space around the things that we adore from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing else down here beforehand and we got to move everything in the way that we had planned it to be. So, Yeah, I was very happy with that. And yeah, now we get to take all of our duplicates and um, exchange them for credit with other people. Yes, and <laughs> swap them out. And then I already swapped out some of our VHS and ended up picking up new duplicates. Yes. Because our spreadsheet did. is outdated. I can't wait to update that. Yeah, so it's it's been really fun. We're really looking forward to how this space continues to evolve because it's still not done. You know, we were able to actually use it, but we're still missing the couches and the TVs and mm-hmm. stuff like that down here. But it's been really interesting to be able to start using the space and actually record the first podcast down yeah. in the new studio. I mean, for I watched twenty twenty three. Yes, it's awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. I watched Muppet Treasure Island the other day. It was excellent. Oh, on the TV that's down here. Yeah, on the VHS TV. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just been really cool. And we look forward to updating with you how the progress is going and uh, sending you new content on TikTok and Instagram. And if you haven't followed us on TikTok and Instagram, we're Nostalgia Junkies Podcast. Be sure to check it out. And check out that real fun reel that you did with the, oh, yeah. you and your mom. Yeah, mom and I, uh, we I took one of our old Halloween photos when she was Mario and I was Luigi back when I was probably like five or i had to be six you or seven were so little yeah i uh we drew on mar uh, marker mustaches with the craft marker from it must have been crayola but and it said it was able to wash off i will tell you this maybe it could wash off immediately but if you wore that marker mustache for hours while trick-or-treating when it washed off it was green because i went to school the next week with a green mustache. <laughs> but I got mom to uh, dress up in a Mario costume. And she and I did the simple plan, I'm just a kid, uh, TikTok trend. Yep. It was really cute. Yeah. So it was pretty good. So if you haven't checked us out on the Solid Junkies podcast on Instagram and TikTok, make sure you do that. Otherwise, you know, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, which is the same thing as Apple Google Play, Amazon Music, all that. Make sure you leave, uh, you know, comment five stars, leave a review, whatever, all the normal jargon. But <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see you around. Thanks for your support. Bye. Bye. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast. Follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast, and make sure to never miss an episode. Till the next episode.